Alright, episode 17. Who'd have thought? We made it all the way back. We got a part two with F1 Fantasy Hub, a.k.a. Robbie B, a.k.a. Rob Beaumont, a.k.a. The Goat. How's it going, my guy? Tyler, I'm well, man. How are you? Dude, I'm doing well. Chris, what's up with it? Oh, man. There's a lot up with it. Honestly, I had to mute myself at the start because you did a little prep for the intro, and I was I, I had to mute myself because I was cracking up. That was a good one. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, what's up with it is I'm gonna be racing a car soon. So. Uh, oh, dude. Yeah, up. he's dude. Yeah, what's Chris. This? Uh, Chris is racing his freaking uh. His Subaru, he rebuilt his Subaru and he's racing in July at a track in Seattle. Unreal. Yeah, so uh, I bought the car in 2020, around my birthday in September, and uh, got a really good deal on it. It was a car I always wanted. Uh, when I was in high school, I tried to convince my dad to buy one, but it had like a blown motor, you know, Subaru head gasket issues. And he was like, Nope, that's a project car. Uh, I work on cars enough as it is, so I'm not going to come home and work on a project. You need something reliable. And now I finally bought it myself, and I'd say it's been reliable so far. <laughs> yeah, it's been reliable. I, re- I, I bought it as automatic, and I just did a big manual swap in it, and uh, now I'm teaching myself how to drive stick. And I had uh, my good friend Jose uh, came and gave me a lesson, so I'm getting better. Uh, still a little sketchy on the hills, but you know, we're learning. Nice. How, how does the reliability stack up against the grid? Uh, better than the Honda Power. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hey, let's get Subaru and F1, baby. Dude, holy shit. That'd be insane. But, I mean, honestly, anyways, let's get right back to it. But uh, seven rounds done. We're on round eight this week at Baku. What are we, uh, what are we thinking so far? Red Bull, right? It's got to be Red Bull. The straights, they're just unstoppable on them, aren't they? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, they, you're right. They, they, I mean, we all had the the questions of just reliability at the beginning of the season. Now, I'm fairly certain it, it's it's very much Red Bull's like championship this year. If, if Max can continue racing hard and, you know, getting first, which... We're going to get to his unlucky, you know, stint at Baku the last couple of races, but he's just got to see the checkered flag this weekend. But I'm, I firmly believe after these seven races that I think, I think Red Bull, Red Bull is here to come for the lead and just keep it the whole way. You know, as a, the resident Ferrari fanboy over here, it pains <laughs> me to say it, but yeah, Red Bull, uh, you know, we started the season off saying, Hey, it's Ferraris to lose. It's Ferraris to lose. It's already seven rounds done and they already pretty much gave up i don't know if you guys saw but benotto was saying uh yeah our goals for this year were to have a competitive car not win the world's championship dude you idiot you had the world championship. <laughs> readjust your priorities bro give us some insight on the the fantasy line like what i mean it's got to be the most volatile thing to have ferrari picks in your in your lineup yeah, i mean yes. they do great in quality but i mean <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I mean, Charles has probably the best consistency of anyone on the grid in qualifying. But as soon as it gets to the race, it's either the strategy or a mechanical issue or whatever it might be. He just can't seem to take that good form in qualifying into the race. I've, as far as a 
fantasy perspective is concerned, I've got Carlos and, and Charles both in my team, but only because Charles is far and away one of the best value for money picks in the game at, you know, 19 million. Should be more like mid to high 20s. Um, yeah, given actually, his that start is kind of year. surprising. Yeah, they underpriced him after last year. and, and um, But yeah, I, I mean, I'm also pretty much at the moment rolling with Red Bull and, and Checo because you know the things that he's been doing for the for the Bulls has been pretty pretty impressive um, on the back of his last few races. Uh, Max is obviously you know just hanging around, even though he's leading the drivers' championship. But um, he's got a he's got a what what is called a streak for this week in Baku, where he's had you know, five consecutive or four consecutive races in the top ten. So a lot of people are moving towards him. I'm not sure yet what I'm going to do, but it's pretty much a mixture of Red Bull and Ferrari amongst a lot of the top teams. So that's kind of how it's going. But And to be Red... honest with you, that's a kind of exactly... I mean, Checo makes all the sense in the world because he's Mr. It's not like he'll ever lose you a weekend. He'll never lose you a weekend because he's Mr. Consistent. Max mm. is... I what It's got to be... Him, him being so volatile, either finishing first or DNFing or maybe outside of the points. or It's literally like if he's within the top 10, he's probably winning the race. If he's not, he's either DNFing or just getting lost in the pack or something's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I like uh, how you've been playing it where you're taking Red Bull as a constructor. That gives you a little dip in the Max Verstappen territory without having to commit a big budget on him. And I think, honestly... Like Tyler already foreshadowed, you know, with his uh, past in Baku, maybe you should hold off, you know. And I think, I think Checo, the king of the street circuits, getting a P1 this week, dude, this next weekend. He is the king of the street circuits after last year, right? Uh, this year, too, he got he quali- so. So, we had uh, you were saying Leclerc's qualifying, Leclerc qualifies P1 in the in the season opener, P2 in Saudi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guess who got P1 when he qualified P2? It was Checo. Checo. And then P1 Australia, P2 in Imola, where Max got P1 and got that sprint race win. And then P1 Miami, P1 Spain, P1 in Monaco, where Ferrari had the tragic strategy decisions that, mm. I don't know, Twitter could have could have done it better than they did. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. Well, it's like... It, I mean, with, with those qualifying results, literally, I saw I saw the list on Twitter too, bro. It's like P1, P2, P1, 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 P2, P1, P1. It's been nothing but one or two. You would think he'd be in the lead of the championship right now. Like, you would think he'd have a firm lead. If it was Lewis, he would be. Ooh. <laughs> I think, like, if you look at Charles's results, though, outside of his P1s and P2s in the race, like P6 was um, Imola, wasn't it, where he spun out on that corner. Yep. Then yep. he obviously blew his engine in Spain, and, and P4 was a butchered strategy at Monaco. So oh. it's just it seems as though everything that has pulled him back has not been really, with the exception of Imola, his own undoing. So it's it'll be interesting to see once he comes into some form and doesn't have any worrying issues um how he how he can go head to head with Max. I still give Max the edge, but I wouldn't say by as much as some people might think at the moment. Yeah, I think I think Max and uh, Charles are the same caliber of driver, but Max has the better team. Yeah, the consistency with their team. I mean, 
you know, Matt, Max kind of when he comes into the pit lane is basically on autopilot because he's going to get taken care of. But I, I mean, man, like I, I agree. I agree with you that Max and Charles are the same caliber driver. And I agree, like for Ferrari is still in this, just like uh, Red Bull is still in this. But for Ferrari being super notorious for team orders, are you all surprised to see Red Bull implementing those like completely and Ferrari not even getting close to making a team order? Because even I think they've made what I think they made maybe one team order this year, but it's been very clear cut. Like I think Charles was obviously faster in one area and then Carlos still was in the battle. It's I mean, he finished what P2, P3, like even the first race. I mean, it, like when they finished uh P1 no it was the second race finished P1 P2 at a Ferrari lockout like it, it that I was mean, the first race mm. yeah they had that yeah one you're right you're season. right Max and freaking Checo DNF'd yeah I I, I totally forgot I dude eight, we're only eight high. races in it's feel like a freaking like century ago <laughs> it does it does the season's been long already I think it's just these extra weeks in between as well where you've got a blank weekend. It just draws the, the season out that much longer. I guess they do have to travel in between continents and give drivers a break every other weekend. But when you've got these two-week breaks, it's not just lengthy for, for them, but it makes us seem like it's been a, a while since we had Monaco, right? Dude, yeah, and I remember I used to... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did Monaco and Baco used to be back-to-back weekends, but I guess they put like an off week in between. I could be totally talking like completely off the top. I don't, I'm probably am wrong, but uh, I mean, it makes sense. It, it, I get it, but I mean, just give me more race weekends, please, in a row. <laughs> I know, I know. There's, I think maybe a triple header scheduled like this year, maybe, but that that's like when they get closer to like the Red Bull Ring, I think, or something like that. So. Are you saying that you won thirty races in a no, year? No, no, no. I've, I, I, I think you know these people deserve to see their families every once in a while during the <laughs> year because we have thirty races, bro. Like, I think twenty-two to twenty-three is definitely enough. I like, especially with Sachi off the cal- calendar now. What we're at twenty-two, and you know, yeah. Hope to God that none of the races get rained out this year. You know. Praying, I, I want. I just want to see Spa, man. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I mean, Monaco had had the rain, and that made that race so much more interesting. I don't hate the idea of rain, but I I don't like it when the ra- the races are cancelled altogether, like we had last year. I, I can't remember what circuit that was at. Oh spa? yeah, literally, yeah, me was. and Chris was waiting for this start for like five hours in the morning. I am. Um, I was actually in Australia at that point watching the race at like one in the morning and i was like i can't stay up for another two hours like i won't be getting to bed until five if the race starts at three so i think i scrapped that one but now that i'm in a better time zone i'm i'm locked in dude that's literally my favorite track of all time like i know i know monaco is the crown jewel of f1 but if like charles leclerc said if monaco's not an f1 it's not f1 for him a spa is not an f1 it is totally not f1 for me they have not renewed that contract yet and I am getting anxious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a great circuit. I like that one along with, um, I think, the Red Bull Ring that's had a couple of good fights in the last few years. And just trying to think who, where, where else was a good, I think Germany maybe as well. I know uh, some of the tracks that are 
their contracts end this year is uh, Red Bull Ring, uh, the circuit in France. I can't think of the name. Oh, right Paul Ricard. Ricard. Paul yeah. Ricard. That's a great track. Uh, Spa, Monaco, and I think there's one other, but I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, which sucks because all the tracks are pretty great. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how it all stacks. Up. I mean, hot take. I could do. Uh, I I know. I understand. I know. I know it's F1, but I like. I liked that it rained at Monaco because it gave it, it. It was an element of surprise, and I liked it. But dude, you you got y'all got to agree with me. These cars are way too big to keep racing on Monaco unless we get smaller cars like. It, I I understand Monaco is like the track, but dude, it you can't do anything. What what was it? George Russell that had that pretty sick switchback, like right right before, I think it was right before the pit the pit lane, that that last turn he had a nice little switchback pass, but that's about it. it it's kind of a you beat people on like pit strategy at that at that track. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pierre Gasly on when he was on intermediates was was smoking everyone that was on wets, but. I mean that still shows like unless you have a serious like speed differential you're not getting past anyone. I mean Alonso trolled the whole track including Lewis especially. <laughs> that train was so good, wasn't it? <laughs> dude, dude, you couldn't make up that like the the mini map of the track when half the grid was on one side and the other half of the grid was on the completely opposite direction side of the track because Alonso's just holding up like 12 cars. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's, i mean you won't find that at any other circuit really so i mean that's probably a sign of how outdated the course is there at monaco i think it for, traditionally it's and the history behind it is great but i have to agree the size of the cars is just not practical on how narrow and how short the straights are to make it an interesting race after the rain stopped i pretty much lost interest which was about 15 20 laps in so yeah, no, it was, it was a make. snooze fest right after. You're totally like spot on. Uh, once the rain stopped, time. and yeah, once the rain stopped and they got on slicks, I was like, all right, yeah, it's literally everyone's going to finish at the same spot. <laughs> like, yeah, I was I'm fighting gonna... back to your. That was the first time I ever got genuinely upset about an F1 race. And I, <laughs> because. I, <laughs> And I now understand how Team Lewis feels. Like I, I didn't get that first. I would, you know, last year I was either or, like Max or Lewis. I was like, whoever you know deserves it, they'll win it, right? But now I get it a hundred percent. I would be. Uh, I've never been mad about a race until <laughs> Monaco. Bro, Rob, but, I'm telling you, he the the pit strategy, the whole pit situation happened with Ferrari. This man blew up in Discord. Really? Oh, what was going on, dude? Just, when Charles when Charles unraveling. came in and freaking Carlos is in they're double stacking him, they're like, Stay out, stay out, stay out. And he goes, What are we doing? What we watched that live and Chris just broke down. He goes, What is happening? Why do they do this? <laughs> I mean, those are the mistakes like you guys are saying, that's gonna ruin any chance Ferrari have of winning the, the world championship. I, I think, you know, it's it's those small moments although minor at times can be significant. And that was the difference between 25 points and whatever fourth place gets. What's that like 15 points? So, you know, that's, that's more ground that Charles needs to make up in other races that they just can't afford being behind already as it is. 
especially yeah. with the continuing to come in form. Checo now with a brand like we're gonna we're about to get into that and his brand new contract extension and getting P one and then Max, you know, being Max, you literally can't like you can't beat yourself. The you, you have to focus all of your energy on beating Red Bull because mm. these little mistakes they will take. If you're gonna give them the inch, they're gonna take the whole mile. Like yeah, uh, so that's just the way it is. I have some quick hypotheticals. I want to hear what you guys think about it on Monaco. We all have to agree that, like you said, current era doesn't make sense. The only two solutions I see is one F1, or there's three, three options here. One F1 drops it. They stick with their car design. It's safer, blah, 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 whatever. Two F1 says, Hey, we want to keep Monaco. We need to make our modern cars fit Monaco. So we need to start sizing them down a little bit and try to maintain their, their technology and whatnot and three you take the summer break you make the summer break three weeks long you throw a monaco race right in the middle and you have them come out in some traditional cars and just do a oh like make make monaco like a spectacle instead of a race on the calendar like a full event it's still a race because you have them in some classic era cars that actually make sense to race on the track and you just scale down the points accordingly. You know, you make it like sprint race scoring or something. Oh, okay. Like kind of like the historic Grand Prix, but in more modern day vehicles. Yeah, throw, like, it, throw it back to like the 06, 07, like V10s. Or I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. They have to do something though. Put they Alonzo back in his freaking 06 Renault, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would tear enough. it up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think the the one I would say is probably less likely is to modify the current car to suit Monaco because there's how like twenty plus other races on the circuit. I I don't see FIA caving to the Mon- like Monaco or the, the governing body that organizes Monaco's demands just so that can suit their circuit. Uh, That's true. I mean, I like the idea of a novelty race that's scaled to sprint points, but it meant at least I guess it retains that track on the on the calendar. But then does that eat into the budget of each team, right? And do, yeah. do some teams want to be forking out millions of tens tens of millions of dollars on one race that is only going to give them as a maximum of ten points? Yeah, like it, it, literally, like a maximum of ten points. You're right. You you can get that at P six, P seven, or P6, P5, P4, like you can do something like that in a regular race on just another track. So I, I do. Although it's a great idea, I do think it'd be cool. Like just like you said, you have these scattered sprint races. So why not have a like nice little like throwback historical like Grand Prix like that? That that would be sick. Yeah. But at what or cost? And yeah, you could even do like two like two mini races two sprint races one saturday one sunday and just there you go now you got you got normal points almost and this is spread out over two weeks i don't know and this is this is on a grid without latifi right because you have to account for that (laughs) (laughs) latifi wasn't too bad this last last bro he's putting a classic car in the wall bro yeah a classic car definitely uh i don't know but yeah we should just let's let's get over that let's talk about checo dude's only 15 points behind the the race leader he's in the title fight i think rob rob 
He's 15 points behind the leader, and they were giving him team orders two weeks ago. I know. Unbelievable. I, I love Checo. I think he's very deserving to match Max. I don't think Red Bull will favor him. He might. It would probably take a, more than, say, 20 points with less than half of the season remaining for them to give team orders in favor of Checo just because Max is a proven race winner, right? That's true. I think. I, I, you guys, you, we might see Max win the next one or two races. And it and goes right back to normal. Perez Perez will be an afterthought. Yeah, exactly. I think he's an excellent driver and on his day, he's top two on the grid. Um, but I still think Max is the favorite, no matter what um, Christian Horner said during the week about this is not Checo Perez racing. This is not Max Verstappen racing. This is Red Bull racing. I definitely think there's an edge for Max and it'll probably stay that way until there's a reason for us to think otherwise. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's kind of... And everybody knows that. It's just... It's fun to speculate, but at the same time, like, yeah. it just kind of solidifies the fact that, like, yes, Christian Warner's right. I know. You know whatever, whatever. It's not... <laughs> I, I hate saying he's right, but he's right. It's not Checo racing. It's not Max racing. It's Rebel racing. But everybody under the sun that follows Red Bull and, you know, everyone included in Red Bull, Helmet Marco, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely at times feels like Max Verstappen racing, which is fine. But when you got a dude that literally, we're, we're eight weekends, we're literally going to start weekend eight this week. Why are we doing team orders when, mm. like, like I just said, he's only one race back. I understand Max is even... Just like Rob said, even with a 20-point lead, and it's got to be like the last three races of the season or, or two races of the season, yes, obviously Checo will be prioritized. But until, I mean, we, we all know that's probably not going to happen. Max is going to, as long as that Red Bull stays on the track mm. and, and like reliable, he's going to get it to the finish line, probably on the podium. So it's like, it, I understand, but dude, you please don't disrespect my guy. <laughs> I think the only other thing I would add to that is if Checo wants to be recognized as maybe not the number one driver, sorry, let me rephrase that. If he doesn't want to put himself in situations where team orders will take precedence, he has to be hitting P1 in quality every single time and staying ahead of the pack the entire way through. He can't be kind of jostling around two, three, and four, and then hoping that Max screws up his strategy or has an incident, whatever it is. I think like he's got to be leading from the front Perez and, not even giving the Red Bull strategists even a shadow of an inclination to want to favor Max. Like he's got to dominate from start to finish every weekend if he wants to stay ahead of the pack and stay, you know, stay winning. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He's got to put on a Saudi qualifying performance. Yeah, no, that he, I mean, you're right. You're literally right. It's, he's going to have to put up, very ridiculous numbers to to stay even in the mix with Max, which, like you know, Ma- Max just does it. We we get so I think we're so like used to Max, and we're almost not even as impressed anymore by it. But you have to respect the guy. Like, yeah, I know. Obviously, it's not like a driver is going to his team and expecting the whole team to be backing him over the other driver. That's not it at all. But if Max is going to continue to put up those numbers, which he's well aware of that he's doing, 
and he understands that that team is firmly his. I mean, Daniel Ricardo knew that team was firmly his like the first year he came in. Daniel was feeling the pressure the first year Max started. So it's like, and then (laughs) we'll get to freaking Danny Rick. Oh, he's been, woo. But like, it's, it's Wacheco. You're going to have to match that success to even convince Red Bull to start really pushing you at the top because, I mean, I'm sorry, but your competition is literally Max Verstappen. It's kind of hard yeah. to do. You're going up against a generational talent, you know. This is yeah, something exactly. Max is a driver that you don't see that often, but when you do, like, you're going to do what Christian Horner did and you're going to get him when he's young and you're going to give him preferential treatment. Uh, I just hope that Checo doesn't come become like what Valtteri was to Mercedes. I want to see him more like a, a Nico Rosberg, you know, but without the, the rivalry. Yeah, without yeah. Uh, without trying to take each other out every weekend. Yeah, exactly. I completely <laughs> agree. I don't think Checo is that person at all, though. Like He's competitive no. and he wants to win, but he's not going to, you know, um, ruin any chance of Red Bull winning a race or winning a championship. I mean, it's his two-year contract is pretty much guaranteed how highly they favor him and where they see him in, in the team for the next couple of years. But by the time that contract expires, he's going to be almost 35 years old. So I highly doubt unless he puts in world championship winning performances the whole way through that they resign him beyond then, if they've got you know, such a big garage of young and up and coming drivers. Yeah, you've got a point, which brings me, I guess, to our next little Helmet. bit. Yeah, I, I've got a bullet point on here that says Helmet Marco's an idiot, and I'm going to start it with that. Uh, any, any, like, honestly, it's, that's just my umbrella thing. I just, I just hate the guy. I love Red Bull. Love them as a team. Hate that guy. I have no idea why. But that dude is, is saying some scorching hot take every single week in the F1 universe. I think the thing for me is more so how he just comes off so arrogant at times where he's like, yeah, Pierre Gasly, we'll, we'll think about him in 2023 or he's got no other options. He's got no other options. He's going to have to stay at AlphaTauri. Where's he going to (laughs) go? It's like, yeah, low key Rob, two cents on that. Where does he go? I've got, I've got an opinion, but where does he go? Pierre? I, I, he could end up in a bunch of different situations. I think, Odds are on him to stay at AlphaTauri, but if if Danny Rick ends his contract a year early, McLaren's an excellent option for him to slot right into. I don't think, as we probably talked about previously, Gasly goes backwards to a back market like a Williams yeah. or an Aston Martin. I just don't see that happening. So it's got to be either McLaren, AlphaTauri, or you know, in the off chance Hamilton retires out of nowhere and Ocon doesn't end up in the team, that's another option. But what what did you what do you guys think? I mean, I'm just speculating here. Okay, oh, so I don't think I could see Ocon in a Mercedes. Yeah, I, I, it's not it's only funny that. that you said that because I understand he's definitely like I know he's in the Mercedes Academy drivers and he's a part of that. But that man, that is, I don't know if I could see that. Who? Okay, besides okay, Chris, speaking on that. Besides Ocon, who could you see in that second Mercedes seat? Because we all know George Russell's number one driver at Mercedes right now. He ain't moving. Oh, um, <laughs> other Mercedes drivers, Alex Albon. Oh, 
Oh, okay. 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 See, I had I love the Pierre move to McLaren. I do. As my I mean, we all know in this chat I'm Danny Rick's my guy. He is he is Formula One to me. He's the first driver I gravitated to. He's that guy. But I really don't want him to leave. But if I understand how cutthroat Formula One is, I want to see Albon in the McLaren. Lando and Albon Ooh. on the same team. That could be deadly. Yeah. Like, I understand Pierre doesn't want to downgrade. I totally get that. And it, it's not like Ricardo's going to go to Williams. He's just going to retire. If he, if he, I know McLaren was literally like his last team. I, everybody knows that. Like, he wanted to be there before Renault anyway, but had to, had to go to Renault because it just wasn't a good opportunity at McLaren at the time. But now, since he's been there, which there's still plenty of season for him to turn it around, which I want him to. It's just, you know, like, like F1 is, it's it's got to be soon. Your graph has got to start trending upwards at some point. So it's like, I I would I would love to see him stay, but Pierre's a Pierre's a solid option. I do agree with that. Like, and I and I think that's the most realistic option too. But Lando and Albon on the same team, when we know Albon can drive the hell out of that Williams, especially mm. since it's the fastest and straight in a straight line, like it. That could be so good, which sucks because Williams is fastest in the straight line, but McLaren's the slowest in the straight line, but so freaking fast in the corners. So it's like, I, I don't know. I think an Alba and Lando duo at McLaren could be almost a healthy rivalry because both of them kind of have the same, same-ish driving styles. They've just been split by different machinery so much. I don't hate it. I... I don't know about Albon. I, I, his contract's at least through to the end of next year, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Um, and so if anything like that does happen, it would, I think, take a few pieces to not move in the direction of McLaren. And, you know, Zach Brown has said, you know, they're in win-now mode. They're not kind of waiting around to that's nurse true. talent. I think if it's not Ricardo and they don't go with someone that's currently on the grid, it'll probably be, I think, as a Pato Award or Colton Herter. I, I think they're both earmarked if it's not going to be, you know, a Gasly or an Albon or someone else that they'll probably look within their own garage. You Here, got a here's point. a weird one. Here's a weird one. What about Seb at McLaren? Whoa. Because he's driving the Aston Martin pretty well, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of not his fault. He's kind of in a stinker. But it's dude, that car that still like gives Rob, you, that's, that car sucks, bro. Right. It's <laughs> slower than my '95 Subaru, bro. Back like, home, it's so bad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see Vettel. I don't see Vettel. He's gonna retire. I don't really see it, yeah. him leaving Aston it, Martin. I think that's where he ends his career. To be honest, fair. It doesn't really make sense to go from Ricardo to Vettel. You know. I don't know. No. You're right. You're right. I mean, no, Chris, don't get me Chris wrong. No, back. don't get me wrong. I love hypotheticals. I, I, I probably change my ten, uh, my twenty spot hypothetical for next year every other week. And you know, I've thought about who takes that Aston Martin seat once Vettel goes. I've even put Alonso in there, even though it's so unlikely that could happen. So, I think outside the box a little bit too. <laughs> so. Do you think that next year we're going to see a lot of new guys in F1? I mean, you probably get at least 
three new faces to at least two to three new faces every year, right? Whether it's from F2 or IndyCar or the European circuit. Um, I think we're probably going to see Piastri. Yeah. I read something oh, yeah. on Twitter that it's, it's only a rumor and certainly I'm going to Williams. Right? That is going to Williams. Yeah. Um, and then there might be that second seat at Alpha Tari if Gasly moves. So that could be like a Liam Lawson or a Daruvalo or a Yuri Vips. I mean, I'm not even sure if those guys sit in the Red Bull garage, but I know Lawson does. But, you know, we could have another young driver coming through that's just been sitting in F2 for the last couple of years. Yeah. And speaking of that, we haven't even touched on Mick. That's another seat. Mm. That's oh. another seat, and he's going to have to. When, when when do we when do we start tightening the leash? Like when do we? Because he was a rookie Gunther last is. year. Uh, yeah, he is now. He he's a rookie last year. He's learning how to drive an F one car. You know, year two. You know, go ahead and control alt delete whatever you learned last year because now we're doing a brand new era car and you have to learn this one. So I get it, but Yuki Sonoda is doing the same thing, and he's getting results. So it's and he's gonna resign. Alfatari is already like they're already planning on resigning him. But I mean, here here's a just uh, a silly goofy one. Uh, since we know Haas has a really good car, could we see Pierre in a Haas? Because Gunther Gunther hasn't put any major upgrades on that Haas because he's convinced that they haven't unlocked the potent the current potential of the car yet. Now, mm. I I don't hate I, it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. What you like, right? He could probably drive the hell out of that car. But, okay. So, Haas is still Ferrari's baby team. Mm. Are there any, like, Ferrari Academy drivers on the come up, Rob? Uh, well, I mean, there's obviously Mick. I know Gio- Giovinazzi, before he got kicked, is he's still the reserve driver for Ferrari, isn't he? Uh, or he's the reserve. He's in the driver, garage. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Garage. Yeah, so there's him. Um, no one else that stands out to me. There probably are a couple of names, but um, Geo and Mick. I mean, Mick's been flagged, and the only reason he would stay in F1 is because Ferrari want him there long term. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know yeah. is also a Ferrari engine, right? So, yep. I mean, Mick could. I'm not saying this is a possibility, but he could easily be shafted to, or not shafted, but moved across to Alfa Romeo to bring someone through on Haas. That is true. So do you think, mm. I mean, we know Valtteri isn't getting the boot, so what happens to Joe on you if that happens? Because he's been, he's been just played by bad luck lately. He had yeah, a good he Grand Prix. He had a good Grand Prix in Monaco, and he even showed some aggression, like on that on that last, uh, that seaside chicane, that, uh, he he came in pretty hot and almost lost it and saved it again. But I mean, he's he's showing that he's he's ready to drive. It's just you know when he's having a decent rookie season, we just need to see like a, a like consistent two to three weeks of him really driving home some results. Yeah, I mean that first race in Bahrain in the points, obviously a pretty good start for him. Oh but yeah. It's just- it's just been, you know, 11th, 11th, 15, two DNFs. So it's... Um, it's not really an upgrade from Joe not Nazi. inspiring. Yeah. I, I mean, how often do you see one driver last one year and then get kicked off? That's, it's, well, Nikita. <laughs> <laughs> Mazda speed. Oh, man, dude. Freaking got kicked off and finessed money from him. Holy hell. <laughs> 
Like robbed him blind. Haas had the biggest heist of the year. Yeah. That was <laughs> crazy. Um what do you so Rob, mm. what are your thoughts on Ocon? Cuz I've Tyler doesn't like him. I didn't I'm, like okay, him. Okay, listen. Let, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Because Rob, Rob got my head spinning when he mentioned Ocon. Potent, like, you know, if Lewis <laughs> Hamilton retires and yeah. you know, maybe a Mercedes seat, and I know he's a reserve driver. I don't hate him. I just think he's the most average driver you're going to get. Like, he'll never win your race. He only won in Hungary last year because a lot of shit had to happen. Alonzo. Like Alonzo had to freaking defend for his life for 20 laps. And then like, like a lot of things fell into place and it was great. He's a great driver. I just think he is so average. Like there's just, you know, P P eight to P 12 guaranteed almost every time he has a good qualifying, but something happens and it's like, Something like that. Maybe he'll get a, like a nice little P5, P6, maybe even a P4. But he's looking eight to twelve almost all the time. A hundred percent. He's he's middle of the pack for sure. That hungry result was an outlier beyond comprehension. I think he's. <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> it, it was like he, he's like you say like he's he's eight to twelve. The freaking planets aligned, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the reason he's been earmarked as a potential successor to that second Mercedes seat when Lewis goes is just because of his relationship with Toto. Um, mm. And they're obviously very close. I'm not saying he's guaranteed that seat, but yeah, he's one of those handful of people shortlisted to potentially take that seat. Um, next to George, I find him a very hard to like driver. I don't think he's nearly as charismatic as a number of other people on the grid, like Danny Rick and Carlos and Lando. So he's just just average in so many ways. Dude, that's what I'm saying, right? Like you want you want to talk him up and believe in the Ocon hype, but I, I'm just being a realist. Where's the hype? What are we hyping up? He's like he's he's consistently. He he will like I said he will never lose you a race, but damn it he will never win one either. It's like it, it, it's he can only do so much for Alpine and Alonso is getting more. He's just with his driving style, he takes a tad bit more risk when needed, and sometimes it goes well, sometimes it goes bad. But I mean, Ocon, it's like it's the most. All right, nice, nice. You started, you know, you qualified P six, you finished P eight. Congrats, nice race, man. And that's about it. That, that's that's about all that happens in the Alpine garage. Yeah, I mean Alonso's had some rotten luck this year too, hasn't yeah. he? Like I, I was expecting higher things. It's just been unlucky though. So surely that's bound to change at some point for Fernando. No, nah, it's got to. Yeah. It's got to. It things to. are looking up for him for sure. So I kind of put together a little board right now. I have a couple drivers. Who's definitely going? Who's at risk? And the balls in your court for this other category. So gone for sure. Latifi, mm. there's no way that he gets. Reset. Yeah. I, I, I do like, obviously I joke in all fun and games. I, I do hate ripping on him every weekend, but dude, he makes it so easy. And I like it. He makes it so easy. And it's just like, I don't know. He's starting to cost his dad money. Now his dad's having to pay for all of his wrecks. Like it, it's just, I, I don't know. I especially when Nick DeFries came in and freaking outqualied him on one day of practice with the car. It's like, ugh. 
that's kind of tough. Yeah. And then, uh, so we got Latifi's definitely gone. Mm-hmm. At risk, we have, hate to say it, Danny Rick. Yeah. Uh, Seb, who knows when he's going to return. I guess he's more of a who knows. He's not really at risk. Mm-hmm. So let me just cancel that. At risk of going, uh, Danny Rick, Mick, maybe Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows, Lewis. Uh, yeah, Alonso. I think Lewis is basically on a year-to-year contract every year, huh? Definitely. Is, isn't he on two right now? I thought he did a two-year. If he did two, it's definitely like a one plus one opt out. I don't, I don't see him leaving this year, just because how, like, if you go out this year, it's just like a bad look on your legacy, kind of. I think. Yeah, we get to one new era, and because you dominated the turbo hybrid hybrid era, <laughs> it's like we're we're having some bad luck now. I mean, dude, he literally wanted to quit the race after like the first lap, and then ends up finishing like. Literally, fifth or sixth? yeah, literally finished fifth or sixth. I think it was fifth. <laughs> yeah. So basically, all things considered, there's about seven seats that are kind of up for grabs. Ah, it could be damn. A, it could be a, a. I I would say I would put you know, uh, Valtteri in the who knows, but the way he's driving that Alfa Romeo, I know he's not. Leaving. Nah, Alfa Romeo no, needs no. a leader like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, thriving so. being the number one driver at a team like that. I think Sonoda's a, f- a fair shout for that Alpha Tauri seat. They'll, you'd like to think he's putting in honest performances so far and is only going to improve. He had that fourth place in Abu Dhabi last year that just got overshadowed by Lewis and Max. So I know. <laughs> it's, um, it's bound to, yeah, the results for him are bound to improve as the season goes on. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. he's only trending upwards too. Like his first year, yes, you know, he was a fiery little one, but the, this year he <laughs> he's he's matured quite a bit, and he's not he's not as just animated like that, and he he just seems a lot more focused and just focusing on his drive. And honestly, that's it's been super cool to see. And I think Alvatari is definitely back in Sonoda for how many ever years he decides to be there. Really, I think the ball's more in his court at Alvatari now. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens with Seb though. Like Lance is more than likely taking that Aston Martin seat. So Oh well yeah. Who who goes if Seb hypothetically retires, who who goes there? I don't see anyone in the green. It just is a weird colour to put on anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you gotta bring in a, a young guy. and you know what's weird? Uh, put we the freeze about, in there, oh, man. What if Lewis retires? I just can't see anyone else going next to George Russell, really. I feel like if they if Lewis did retire and they brought in another young driver like let's say Pierre Gasly went there, I think they're just building a Lewis and uh like another rivalry like Lewis and Nico 2.0. That's kind of what I want. That's why I. That's kind of what I want. <laughs> I mean, like, like I want the. That's kind of what my idea was behind Albon to McLaren and Lando because Lando and Albon. They're, they're all close. You know, they stream together, play video games mm. together. I want that healthy – like, it doesn't have to be as volatile as Nico Rosberg and Lewis. But, dude, they were going at it on the track. But, like, racing, racing, like, pushing each other's gaps, pushing each other. Like, that. I want that healthiness. And I know that's what Danny, Rick, and Lando were supposed to be. But, dude, I mean, it's – it's a it's like a small celebration when Danny Rick out qualifies or out you know weekends Lando. 
<laughs> it's like yeah. it's it's kind of tough to see sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's tough. It does. It is as an Aussie and as, as I mean as as a as a McLaren fan too. It's uh it's tough to stomach. Dude, it hurts, bro. Like, and that that's what I'm saying. Like, you're you're from Australia, like that. When when I first started just dipping my toes in F1, literally the first driver, I, I the the only one I knew by name, I was like Daniel Ricardo. That's the dude. And like, oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Because I thought I was catching the best years of his, like, I got into F1, like, right at the end of 2018. And, like, it, I thought I was about to catch the best. He's, he's going to a new team. He's, start, he's spreading his wings. He's been, yeah, no. Yeah, it's just like. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a shame. I hope he rediscovers some form. Because nah, it would be sad this. to see him. It'd be yeah, it'd be sad to see him flame out after so much success in the last few years. Well, shit. Let's uh, let's move into I, our final stuff. Here, go, well, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I feel like this is a good time. We've done a lot of speculating on where drivers could go, but I think it's a good time to talk about you know fantasy team yeah. building strategy like that. Rob, sure. yeah, take the lead. Yeah. What's the plan yeah, on Baku? Absolutely. Baku, it's uh, as I was saying before, Max is Max is a favorite for a number of reasons. He's on that race streak, which gives him an extra ten points if he finishes in the top ten, which let's be honest is almost guaranteed. Yeah. Easy money. Uh, assuming his tie doesn't blow out again. Um Ooh, don't don't put that on him. I won't, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, Charles is obviously a shoe in as well, because just because of his nineteen million dollar price point, it's making a mockery of that. Yeah, you're almost losing money if you don't pick him up. A hundred percent, K Mag. Not because he's had any spectacular performances in the last few races, but at six point one, still the cheapest, um, the cheapest option in the game, and there isn't really anyone better than him up until Bottas at nine point six. So, I mean, I'm running at this point, Leclerc, Magnussen, Bottas. Verstappen, and I think I'm not sure yet who goes in that fifth slot. Um, and then Ferrari is my constructor, but Red Bull just looked too strong. It's hard for me to go away from Perez and Red Bull, but with Max on this streak and you know the form he's in, it, particularly on those straights as well, it's um, it's really tough to call for me. Other people uh, are also opting for you know Norris is looking quite good. Um, See, I is I don't know okay. about Baku. Yeah, yeah I was true. about to say right. I like McLaren very statistically. Shout out uh, Mirko and F1 data F1 analysis. Data analysis. But, like it's McLaren literally is the slowest car on those straights, and they have some long straights. And mm. that's the only thing that's gonna just be a huge detriment to them this weekend, I think. But at the same time, I mean, hey, they, they're working on their car and Lando could, you know, maybe show something different. But I do agree with you. And, and every other weekend, Lando's a good shot for sure. He's not in my plans this week. But um, I think, you know, the, really the, the teams boil down to no more than eight, nine of the of the 20 drivers. Eight or nine are, are really like your template picks, most of which I've already said. So, um it's going to be, yeah, it'll be interesting. This this race is at, at Baku is probably going to be the first race that uh, is going to split the difference between a lot of managers that'll either have Perez, Red Bull, Sainz, um, or you'll have Charles, Max, Ferrari. So 
it could go either way. And, you know, depending on which team Ferrari or Red Bull comes out on top will really determine which players do the best. So let's wait and see. Yeah, I think my advice would be if you have if you have Lando, so high on Lando, because <laughs> I think I think you're getting your best performances at Monaco. It was a slower track, mm. lots of corners. It Definitely. catered to the McLaren car. Mm. Uh, I think if I was going constructor, I have to go with Red Bull. Red Bull. Mm. Yeah, and I think George Russell is another great option to have on the team because he's always, you know, top five, top five. He's uh he's great. He's he's just at a very awkward price point at twenty four million. It's uh, what? Yeah. More than Whoa. Leclerc? Yeah. Well it's cause the prices, as I was saying before, they just weren't really adjusted um to the speed of the car this year. And I mean they whoever determines these prices were like, okay, he's on Mercedes. Mercedes were best constructor last year. He's in the fastest car. Obviously he has to be one of the higher priced drivers, but you know, Ferrari are clearly two steps ahead of Mercedes and, you know, George and Lewis are driving what some might think is a tractor. So <laughs> uh, I don't agree. I think their car is amazing. They're coming right around. Now. Yeah, I think Mercedes will certainly be closer to the podium. I'm still a little bit on. with you, Rob. Uh, they're coming around. I'll buy the hype when it's undeniably there, but I'm, I'm coming around. Okay, I, their car is yeah. not amazing, but... It's definitely shaping up to be that way. Yeah, like they, they're definitely the number one in the straight lines. Like we were just talking about Red Bull or Mercedes has the fastest straight lines right now. They have a couple things to tweak so they can get their race pace up and and keep up with the top two teams. But they're 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 getting there. Once that happens, though, Lewis and George are going to be you know well in contention for double podiums. So let's just wait and see, right? One hundred percent. And we're talking about bad luck. Lewis has had some bad luck this season. Yeah, he's he's had some pretty hard luck, but I just don't want him to give up so fast. Yeah, he That's needs it. to go get his his own masterclass and got to go. He got to hit <laughs> hammer time, bro. Mindset, mindset back. Yeah, he's um, I think maybe is it just because he's so used to winning or finishing in the places that he doesn't want his legacy to be tarnished by finishing fourteenth you know, or fifteenth if he yeah spins out on the first corner. So. He's like, oh, let's just save the engine. When in actual fact, is he actually just not wanting to finish at all, so it doesn't look bad on, on him? Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're I could be wrong, right. but that's my. I think my you're right, Rob. It. He's you a genius. <laughs> Job, Rob figured it out. Lewis <laughs> just—he's trying to maintain that legacy, guys. You see the great, great athletes fall off, and Lewis doesn't want to be one of those. Mm. Nah, hell mm. nah. So yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, Mercedes can make it a three race, a three constructor contest. No, the, it's gotta yeah. be. I mean, Mercedes need a big, big, big weekend. Wow, I just completely forgot to talk. Uh, It's—they're <laughs> they're gonna need a big weekend this weekend because, like. I mean, they're very well. I mean, George has literally kept them in the mix with kind of everything going on with Ferrari and Red Bull. And just like you said, if they get a double podium this weekend, especially let's just say if a certain someone blows his back left tire on the Baku straight. (laughs) Or a certain someone uh, crashes in the castle sector. (laughs) (laughs) I am stupid. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> uh, if that happens, I mean, 
Mercedes could get it's a Mer- one two out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Probably two three. We still yeah, got Checo Perez three, King as but... a street surgeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, it'll be a good race. I'm I'm really excited for it. I think I'm gonna pick Max as my number one to win it all on the straights. I think Charles will probably be in for a podium and I don't know. Let's give George the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he takes third for me. Okay. Ooh. I he yep. Me and Robert friends. I'm dude. I've been George Russell hype since day one. I had him as the 2022 champion, but obviously it's not looking like that. But no, <laughs> I I dude. I co-sign his standings 100. percent Yeah. Max uh, Max P1, Charles P2, and good old Mister Sunday now. P3. Mister Sunday. Yeah, I I need a little bit more time to formulate my opinions on <laughs> the Baku, but. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I think Mercedes is going to show out this weekend, though, or next weekend for sure. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to see uh, some more Mercedes hype start building throughout the the middle of the season. Good, good. Let's go. Well, guys, I believe that's episode 17 in the books. This freaking awesome one. But right. nah, we we've been the Lockup Podcast, and for part two, we have had our insanely vibiest guess of the entire <laughs> of the entire show rob beaumont aka f1 f1 fantasy hub on twitter at f1 fantasy hub on twitter of course we're going to link all of this shit in the comments but man chris any last words yeah i think uh we need to set up a sponsorship for for teaching american driver how to drive stick shift and uh watch him try to race his uh subaru <laughs> so uh we got sponsorships open. I got a title sponsor already in the Lockup Podcast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, hit me, hit us up on Twitter if you want to. <laughs> I don't know. We, we we should try to figure out what we can do about that. That'd be kind of cool to put some people's uh, like stickers on the car or something. Uh, you already know I'm gonna put my Spono gold Let's sponsorship go. right there. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> guys, thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Always yeah. love, to, love to chop it up with you both. Always no, dude, you're an absolute pleasure. And honestly, I, I very much enjoy our interactions on Twitter and covering race week with you, man. We, you've, you've literally become a very good friend of ours and it's kind of awesome. Likewise, likewise, guys. Likewise. Again, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Please guys, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all of our stuff. We're going to be linked in everything. Please check out Rob. Please check out F1, at F1 Fantasy, Fantasy Hub. Hub. Please check him out. He's literally like i've seen some competing accounts out there and nah he's the best one go go <laughs> check him out but yeah later